This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. My name is Ron Ecstasy, and this is the Blue Men Group. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Devin Welsh and John Biedren. How are you? Doing great. How are you both, I meant to say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good, Ron. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm staying above, my head's above the water. Let's just say that. How about that? Are you in the shallow or deep end of the pool? Um, I'm right in between the two, you know, where it starts to like dip down into the uh, deep end yeah. and you can kind of feel it. You can still like, you can touch uh, your toes, touch your toes. Exactly. I'm doing that and I'm kind of bouncing. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Feels good. That's actually, yeah, that's the best part. That is yep. the best part. Sort of squ- half squat, keep your chin just, exactly. just above. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's uh it's a great place to be in the pool. Um, yeah, so, uh, let's, let's kick it off as we, uh, always do with compliments. Um, um, Devin, I really like your background that nobody can see, but it looks like some art because this is an audio podcast, but you've got like really nice art. And I I just want to say that you've always had really good taste in art since I've known you. And, uh, I I think that's something that you should, uh, take to your grave, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Are you telling me to, to die? I think Uh, I accidentally (laughs) did. Yeah. Um, well, no, and, thank you. And take your art with you is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, you're, you're, uh, you're looking good. I like your, uh, your lineup on your hair. Again, this is an audio podcast and nobody can see that, but I am looking at you through a webcam. And uh, I think that's, that's great. You look, you look spectacular in terms of the uh, um, facial hair to upper hair, head hair, I like to call it. Um, <laughs> you're, you're just that combo. <laughs> It's an important ratio. Really working very well. Thank you. That's it's a very important ratio, especially the lower you get. You know, you don't have a lot to work with to keep that ratio perfect. No, no, and it looks as though you use uh, measurements and tools. Mm -hmm. It's it's very professional. I do, Uh, John. If you could please hit me with a compliment. Um, Well, Ron, your shirt matches your glasses, which is very stylish. Um, You look great. I gotta say. Thank you. Thank you. It takes a lot of effort to to sort of roll off the couch and look as good as that. That's right. I actually slept on the couch last night. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> in a very uncomfortable position. And it doesn't look like it at all. Thank you. Um, Devin, we had a nice long chat while uh, while Ron was was uh, getting on ready. And that's right, we did. It was it was lovely to talk to you. You're very very warm. Very good way to start my day. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, and my compliment. I return that compliment to you. Great. Uh, great conversation this morning. While it's we always were... fun to talk about the collapse of society first thing in the morning with with one of your your furthest living friends. Yeah, absolutely. And then to leave it off the podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, and then with Ron um, looking good, um, you were a little bit late today. Yes. Have to say, just for consistency, whoever is late, we have to we have to out them on on the show. So. Um, but, uh, but you're, you're doing good and you've got yeah. lots of good energy today. So yeah, nice recovery today. 
Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, um, that was great. Nice little compliment section. We, uh, we like to uh, kick it off with some compliments. It just helps us, uh, you know, get, get, us, get us going. Now, um, we have a segment that we, we, we like to do, uh, and we've been doing every single week of the podcast, and it seems <laughs> to be everyone's favorite uh, segment now. It's called COVID Check. Insert like jingle. Yeah. <laughs> so who's got COVID? I don't have it. Yeah, uh, Ron, and I know you don't have it, right? No, I, I, uh, I no change not. from last week. Yeah, so I got tested last week. I uh, it was negative. I still have this pesky cough and stuff. Uh, just sinus, post nasal drip, but uh, all signs pointing to no, no on the COVID. That's uh, John. How are you John. feeling? Yeah, what's up with you, John? Uh, I actually uh, last week tested positive for coronavirus. <gasps> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, I found shit. a Sunday night. Shit, actually. So depending on your, you know, religion, you may think that Sunday starts the week or ends the week, but that's true. It's been about, you know, I'm into this week now. So you either, yeah, you either found out at the end of last week or the beginning of this week. Yeah. Right. I got tested on, on uh, I got tested exactly a week ago. Okay. Wow. And okay, John, this is, uh, this is late breaking news to the uh, podcast. John co-host John Bedrin of the Blue Men Group podcast has contracted COVID-19 virus. The novel coronavirus. The novel coronavirus. 2019. 2019. It started potentially um, in, a, in a market, a wet market in Wuhan <laughs> province. And it somehow <laughs> found its way into John's lungs. Yeah. It's, it's burrowed deep inside of John's lungs. There's a tiny, 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 tiny thing you can't even see just tickling his... his uh, his things, his ventriloquies. What are those things? What are the little, whatever. Cilia. I'm not a, whatever. Yeah, cilia. And it's a very American story. You know, John is now one of many thousands, hundreds of thousands of Americans currently experiencing <laughs> this novel coronavirus, which has upended so many things in our society uh, as in the last year. Um, and so, you know, with John having contracted the illness, we now have a first person account on the blue men yes. as to mm -hmm. yeah. what COVID-19 is all about, what it really feels like to be in that position as so many other Americans are suffering. John is suffering. John, can you tell us a little bit about You're what's suffering. going on? Just, just tell us how, yeah. how much you suffer, <laughs> please. <laughs> uh, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel kind of like, you know, the voice of the people this week. I'm like, a, I'm, I'm one step closer to my ultimate dream, which is to be an everyman type hero. Yeah, you're yeah. John Q. Public right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, John Q. Uh, COVID. Yeah, um, it's not that bad, actually, for me. I'm pretty lucky. And listeners probably notice I am wearing a mask to protect our co-hosts through. But when we started, we started chatting. And then as soon as we hit the record button, I thought, well, that's a digital medium. I don't mm -hmm. want to get them sick. So I put a mask on. Thank you. So that way it doesn't spread through the microphone, doesn't go up through the digital channels yep. like a virus. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. I've mostly you, just been you... feeling, I've mostly just been feeling like hungover, basically. Mm -hmm. hmm. It's sort of like okay. having a week long hangover. Damn. Um, Which sucks. Have, have you been drinking <laughs> alcohol? Uh, no. I did drink some beers on election night, and that was like mm -hmm. right, and then like on the fourth. I felt crummy in the morning, mm -hmm. and then I got tested on the 5th. And I got tested a week before the 5th, and I tested negative. Mm -hmm. 
So something about the I didn't vote. <laughs> also, mm -hmm. I'll go ahead and out myself on the pod. <laughs> uh, so I didn't get it from the election, which I was thinking might have been a possibility for a lot of Americans mm -hmm. going to yeah. polls and voting in person. Yeah, uh, I somehow still got it anyways. So you contracted I, it from maybe not voting. Yeah, it seems that that's most likely the uh, that's the, the virus. That's, that's the, the real virus, <laughs> not voting. Well, <clears throat> also like. Um, <clears throat> Uh, Ron is now coughing, just in case anyone yeah. missed that. Um, yeah, that wasn't I think me I this time. did get it. No, I, 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 <laughs> uh, it's, it's like a uh, STI, you know? You, you never know where it, you can't, or when you get the cold, you're not like, hmm, where did I get this cold? But John, to be honest, uh, COVID-19, you're going to be fine. It's just the flu. It's just right, let's move on. Let's move. Wait, wait, on. wait. I wanted to say, oh, sorry, um, sorry. The, the one thing that has been really unfortunate about everything is that we had really nice weather this whole week. Mm -hmm. That's true. And I, I was really excited to go out and like play sports or like go on walks. Yep. Uh, and I can't now. And so I'm sort of like spiraling into a sort of Ted Kaczynski style, like, uh, like loneliness and, and, and paranoia. And so I've been Henry Ford style breathing into glass stock <laughs> bottles and I'm mailing them to public figures. Oh no. <laughs> oh God. That's, that's a, uh... That's well. I'm yeah. I'm excited to read your uh, your thirteen thousand page <laughs> manifesto and uh, yeah. that you've written in the past week because you're um, <clears throat> isolated in uh, Hamtramck, Michigan, and for, <laughs> for that reason, you can correctly pronounce uh, Kaczynski. So that's yes. that's good. But that also leads me to uh, a nice uh, little segue that we like to do this week in history. can't happen here? Well, it did. The elaborate power grid supplying electricity to parts of nine northeastern states and Canada failed. And the question asked by 25 million people living in the affected area of 80,000 square miles was simply, how could it happen? And no one had an immediate answer. Dozens of cities blacked out. One moment, New York was glittering Gotham, the great white way ablaze. The next moment, only flickering candles, automobile headlights, and bobbing flashlights were probing a Stygian darkness. The pulse of the city slowed until its people, given pause, analyzed their plight. Then, poise quickly regained, New Yorkers took their blackout in stride. Those with cars snailed their way home through colossal traffic jams. Those with no transportation dined in the romantic light usually found in New Old England tea shopping. Nearly a million people were trapped in stalled subways as a full moon pushed fingers of light into the darkened streets. The bridges over the Hudson were their usual bejeweled cells. They were illuminated with power from New Jersey, a network that was not affected. Homeward-bound motorists could pass the time compiling lists of disrupted services. Bakers and milk bottlers, newspapers and TV, stage shows and movies, and on and on. Telephones were operating on emergency power, and the company reported calls at far and away a record number. Some cab drivers became rich overnight. Some showed compassion. All in all, the night the lights went out proved that people and a crisis will try to help each other. It's pretty hard to spend a night in a hotel lobby without generating a neighborly smile at everyone's predicament. 
Some cities got their electricity back within minutes, others hours. Some parts of New York City, however, went more than 13 hours before they had power once more. And Gotham was slow in recovering from her near paralysis. A third of the workforce stayed home, or finally got home, and train and subway service took all day to return to normal. Buses, when they finally limped to your stop, were jammed. Taxi drivers seem to have gone underground and taken their cabs <laughs> with them. <laughs> the lights were on again, and everyone wanted to tell you what happened to him the night the lights went out. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's so funny. So first thing that I wanted to say about that is that everything about the news was better back in the day. Absolutely. Like, Big time. The Huge. The guy, the guy's voice, no one talks like that on the news anymore, and it's a Nobody. Because it's, it's such a great voice. It's and like then, having Cary Grant read the news to you. Yeah, and then the newscaster's like a fucking poet laureate. Like, yeah. The, <laughs> the, yeah. the imagery and the, you know, it's just, it's all beautiful language. And then, you know, the, the music as well is just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people involved in that. And think about that. Everybody had like a job to do there whereas it's like yeah we, we're paying like the orchestra to like cue this music the up news and orchestra like, yeah and then there's like 13 writers working on like um metaphors for this right like, yeah johnny they Rocket all have like guy. very rigorous classical educations like they all like studied shakespeare and like yeah yeah, yeah. they went to they've got like archibald mcleish writing copy <laughs> for the nightly news yeah <laughs> i don't even know who that is but it sounds awesome I would um, like to, yeah, and it was also like the big blackout, and it's like it just happened, and they immediately have like a whole movie about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. They said it lasted thirteen hours. I've definitely been in blackout situations that last more than thirteen hours. Yeah, yeah. but now, like now, if there's was, a blackout that lasts thirteen hours, it's like it's not even a news story. We wouldn't have a constitution. Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna go the opposite way. Uh, I guess that wasn't that long, actually. Both can right. be true. Both can be true. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. this uh, this reminds me of a 2003 blackout, which I definitely yeah. remember. The same. It seems as though it was the same uh, areas like New York, uh, Pennsylvania, Ontario, Michigan. Well, although this this previous uh, historical blackout didn't affect the Michigan area, but um. Yeah, I mean, like, blackouts are, are fucking weird, and everybody hates them. And, I mean, rightly so. We've talked about Edison. They, they, that dude invented everything. And, like, it, it, the worst thing is when you're in a blackout and you're, like, walking around with the uh, flashlight and you flick the lights on, they don't turn on. You're like, oh, yeah, that's right. And then you, <laughs> then you like, you're like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to go, like, make a hot dog. And then you open up the fridge, and then mom's like, shut the fucking fridge door. You're gonna, <laughs> the hot dogs are going to go bad. And it's like, well, I was trying to get a hot dog. I'm just trying to eat i'm hungry mom i'm hungry please <laughs> let me eat um so yeah nobody likes blackouts uh nobody i like that the news story like immediately demonized or like everyone was very concerned with like how the taxi cab drivers were handling yeah oh yeah like, they were yeah, like yeah. the taxi cab drivers became rich so immediately they thought of them as like selfish yeah yeah like, as soon as the power got back on their like, taxi cabs were hiding they didn't want to help anybody out underground <laughs> yeah. yeah they all went underground and they it's took the their incredible. cabs with them yeah <laughs> yeah that just makes me imagine it's like okay we're how are they getting their cabs underground where are they going into the hyperloop there's a kind of like mole mole people taxi cab driver underworld. <laughs> yeah. They only come out at night. They're like vampires. So yeah, I mean like uh power outages. We gotta be careful there. I mean also uh, everybody was so nice. 
Yeah. Like, all the footage was people like hanging out in like their hallways and like playing cards and just like joking around. I know when well they said they the 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 newsman said uh, um, that when when like tragedy or whatever not not tragedy when when something big like a mass event like this happens he's like people come together and they help each other out it's like yeah. bro we're uh, in 2020 we're um, <laughs> it, it, we're dealing with this right now and it's uh, actually become uh, like a political hotbed issue so yeah uh, just just surviving. Problem. And, yeah, the, is. and the the story opened with it can't happen here or can it <laughs> or something like that. And it, it's sort of like the idea of that kind of incredulous reaction to a thirteen hour blackout. Yeah. Whereas now it's like it you know just so much worse is going on and yeah you know, everyone fully expects it to happen. Even in the same yeah. city, it's like in New York when like the subways are flooding or like there's like crashes or whatever. It's like basic yeah. civic structure is crumbling and everyone's like, oh, okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's another that's another thing we have to deal with. Yeah. So uh blackouts, no good. And uh we will we will turn the lights off on that. Were you guys um, in the uh were you you were in Michigan, Ron, for two thousand three? Yep, I was I was in the 2003 blackout. Were you was, affected uh, by the Eastern Seaboard, Devin? I was actually with my dad and my friend at uh, my dad's cottage. Um, and we were, I can't remember if the power was out there. Maybe it was, but then we just, it didn't really matter because we were already in an environment where the power was not very right. crucial. Yeah. Um, but then I remember friends of mine at the time responding by like kind of gleefully running around our small Ontario town, <laughs> kind of acting as if it was, you know, like the dark night or something. Yeah. That's cool. John, were you, were you in I the was, blackout? I was actually in Disneyland. Whoa. Oh, nice. I was having a great time really harnessing the full power of electricity. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I, I was, For personal enjoyment. I was also uh, just like with my dad and we were just like, uh, I remember we just listened to the radio and, and like, barbecued stuff and and he and my, i remember my dad because there was like no you just went to bed like so early i remember really thinking about like damn you just go to bed early as hell and i would just like stay up uh i remember we went outside and just sat outside with friends that was like all all we did but yeah. i do know that my sister my sister and my mom were in ikea when it happened mm -hmm. and they said it was very weird because like ikea just went pitch black yeah everyone just, that's so weird everyone just immediately tucks into bed <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you just start making food at one of the ikea kitchens yeah <laughs> yeah the TV, God, that sounds uh, awful doesn't work yeah ikea would not like, be the best spot to be although the food court maybe they would just start giving away food maybe i it's like when the power is out for any other reason because i have been in power outages i'm not always in disneyland when the power goes out uh, <laughs> like one of the worst things is like trying to navigate like your living totally. room like crossing around furniture not trying to trip or like hit yeah. your leg on the table can you imagine yeah. like thirty thousand square feet of like doing that in the dark yeah. just trying to move through ikea yeah with tons of other random strangers just furniture yeah. everywhere and you can't even you're like where am i and it's like you look at the you're looking for some guidance that says like calax there's all these like made up <laughs> made yeah. up words like guiding you that are in like swedish english kind of stuff yeah you've got a little allen wrench in your hand Anyway, all right, blackouts, <laughs> no good. We gotta, we gotta stop with the blackouts here. La, la, I'm putting a little bow tie on all this. Here, here's, here's my uh, uh, prescription for how we can stop having blackouts. In Germany, they put all of the um, 
electron elect, electric wires, they put them underground. No above ground wires. How about that? Hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's we all I'm it. saying. But then okay. what do birds land on? That's true. Leonard Cohen could not write a song about um, anything in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, check out what's in the news. Right, everybody as we uh you know still trying to find out what's going on with the presidential election obviously there's two big candidates still vying for uh who it will be supreme leader of the united states of america unsure as of right now it's all still kind of up in the air for two people who will go unnamed but as you know on blue men group we've been looking at the third parties and uh, I guess, like, I was hoping that more information would come in about third-party votes. We know that Joe Jorgensen, the uh, Libertarian candidate, got the most third-party votes out of any of them. Although uh, now it's coming in that um, Kanye West, the uh, rapper, um, designer, etc., uh, collected 60,000 votes out of 160 million. Not bad. Um, it's not bad. So he, he got the most in uh, Tennessee. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. But he was also only on the ballot in 12 states. So right. it's a, and I've, I've talked about this before, like the biggest impediment to these third parties is this ballot access where you cannot just run for president and get on ballot in every single state. You need to really petition. And it's a tough, tough petition. And people are just generally kind of, uh, uh, skeptical of third parties. So if you're walking around with a, a, a petition trying to get people to sign it and you're, they ask you like, what's this about? And you're like, well, I think that this person should be able to run for office. They're kind of immediately like, uh, no, thanks. I already know who I'm voting for. It's like, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. Like, do you think that this person should be able to run? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And again, they're like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. I'm, I'm voting for so-and-so it's like, okay. So, I mean, I, I, I obviously like I, I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to defend Kanye West at all. I'm trying to defend people who are wanting to run for office. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I mean, the Kanye West uh, platform or, you, you know, his whole campaign was I thought it was really stupid. Yeah. And just completely meaningless. But the fact that he could only get on to 12 uh, onto the ballot in 12 states yeah it's just it's weird how hard it is to get onto the ballot in the united states even yeah. if you're a billionaire <laughs> yeah even if yeah. you have tons of money he has tons of money he he has tons yeah. of you know connections clout etc but he even he can't get on the ballot in 50 states which it, it's weird and yeah. It, it, yeah. it's very weird and and I, I i mentioned this uh on my twitter actually that like um and, and, we, and we just said that, like, you know, like the, the Kanye West campaign, and we've said this before, it's kind of unfortunate because he's like going through major mental health episodes, it seems. And it kind of like extends itself out into presidential politics. Um, the fact that like he, Kanye West running in 2020 is not that crazy in my mind because 
I just pulled this up right here and you can pull it up on your own uh, at home. If you just type in on Wikipedia, Donald Trump 2000 presidential campaign. So in the year 2000, Donald Trump ran for president, didn't have ballot access in, in the whole country. I believe it was only Michigan and California. He was able to represent the uh, reform party. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I'm not saying that I'm not defending Donald Trump, but I'm saying like uh, it, it was considered weird and dumb and stupid when he ran for president in 2000. It's like, dude, you're not going to win. You're just a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Guess what? 16 years later, obviously, guy became president. So um, the kind yeah, of West sort of, thing is like I, I, I've got my eye on it and I'm not I'm not just outright, you know, saying this is this is dumb. Like it. it, it it could very well ha- weirder things have happened is all i'm trying to say running for president is a lot like seducing you know a potential partner you gotta flirt with the vote a little bit before yeah. you know you can get further along and i'd say sixty thousand votes is definitely a flirt with the voting populace yeah definitely definitely and sure. ev- i mean everybody knew about it right like i mean young people you could easily be like i'm sure if if you went to the grocery store and asked 10 young people is kanye west running for president I would say nine out of 10 people would say, yes, I know about that. Mm-hmm. Like even just as a media awareness thing, uh, people, people definitely know. But um, I do think that the Donald Trump 2000 presidency is worth investigating on your own. It's a pretty um, in-depth wiki and uh, um, lots of information there. And I, I, again, would not discount anyone um, running for uh, president with that yeah who knows maybe donald trump and kanye west will be running on a, a team together in 2024 mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean they've he, he kanye west has been in the oval office so how about that <laughs> but i mean like uh all of this kind of uh also ties into just how f- uh, dirty elections are and i guess like we 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 have been seeing this you know like uh um if you're you know following along with the big the big story like there's obviously all these weird vote counting and dead people voting and all that kind of stuff and that that that's that's what happens in american elections <laughs> they're <Yeah>. not clean <laughs> at all and they're very it, it, it can be a, it's not a perfect uh system that's mm-hmm. that's for fucking sure but uh i saw this come up in the news um and this is in Florida, evidence suggests several Florida state Senate candidates were plants funded by dark money. And that that's kind of a callback to the uh, blackout situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in one of these races, District 37, no idea where that is. A recount is underway because the spread between the Democratic and Republican candidates is only 31 votes. The third party candidate received more than 6,300 votes. So we can see here that uh, the third party candidate is always going to be a scapegoat votes, or a plant so or like it, it, these, these elections always come down to like very few uh, votes. And then the third party gets pointed at by both sides, uh, the Democrats and Republicans saying like, look at this, you're, you're spoiling the vote. But now we're realizing that some of these third party candidates are just plants <laughs> put in <laughs> by the bigger parties yeah <laughs> it's like an automatic scapegoat i like that they don't even have a picture on file for the third place winner of this race yeah they, they make it a, a two shadow headshots person. between the the two main contenders and then yeah it's just like a stock like an a twitter avatar when you just start the bro start the uh the website 
So, exactly. Yeah, going up to the candidates here, just to run down, like just the way that this one example it worked is that the Republican candidate's name is Ileana Garcia, the Democratic candidate's name is Jose Javier Rodriguez, and then another person on the ballot was named Alex Rodriguez, the same last name as the Democratic candidate. And Alex Rodriguez did not uh, do any kind of campaign advertising. There was no campaign. It was just a kind of a ghost campaign. But yep. nonetheless, he received 6,300 votes. And one has to wonder <laughs> how many of those votes were simply misunderstanding which Rodriguez you were voting for. Right. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> And it so sort of this, calls back the Brazil thing that we had in a prior episode where it's like somebody like changing their name to like Aaron Anderson. So that way, like they're the first person on the ballot. Yeah. yeah. In Australia, Australia. Yeah. Right, Australia. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, let's see. And it, it's, um, uh, Alexis Rodriguez falsified his address on his campaign filing form last June. The couple who now live at the Palmetto Bay address say they've been repeatedly harassed since then by people looking for Rodriguez who hadn't lived there for five years. Local 10 visited Rodriguez's place of business Tuesday, where Rodriguez lied about his identity, pretending to be a business partner. Rodriguez shed little light on his sudden candidacy in the District 37 <laughs> race and lack of fundraising or campaigning. Local 10 began investigating Rodriguez's candidacy because of a hunch by executive producer uh, last month. She was collecting candidates' headshots for election broadcast graphics and was curious why a candidate was nowhere to be found not returning phone calls. Yeah. Sudden candidacy sounds like a, a J.K. Rowling like novel, like her <laughs> yeah, new like adult fiction. Yeah, yeah. So it, I, it just I, it makes me uh, obviously like it, it, it's difficult because like when the candidate you want wins the election, you believe that it's rightly their election because the system works and that's how they got elected. Mm -hmm. But when you're right. the candidate that you don't support wins, there's like issues with the system and we need to like rethink the system and all that kind of stuff. So really there's no impetus. There's no reason why somebody who wins should change a system to make it fairer or better. There's no reason why they would do that because they were elected by that very same system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all I'm trying to say is uh, that that is extremely um, uh, discouraging, I believe, to what I believe a uh, good, healthy democracy could be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what we're seeing here is is the the idea of a third party candidate being basically abused in order to have one of the two main candidates gain an advantage in the election. And it yeah. seems like the problem could have been solved by putting up another candidate with the last same last name as the other candidate. Just <laughs> yeah. double up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It, 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 and just have like tons. Of, everybody has the same last name. It's, uh... <laughs> then you actually have to pay attention when you vote. What a shocker yeah. that would be. Yeah, exactly. That's right. It's true. And then like the name Alex Rodriguez. I mean, that's uh, for me synonymous with uh, the the great baseball player. So it's like yeah. kind of a. Uh, you know, a recognizable name and you're like, uh, I don't know, like, I, I like baseball. I'll vote for him. Like, yeah, I, I do think that that's kind of a, an aspect of it, too. But yeah, that's that's more uh, more proof of this kind of weird uh, party shenanigans, as I like to uh, identify those as. But um, yeah, let's uh, uh, let's move on from uh, uh, that is Florida. Now we're going to drive up a I-85. OK, <laughs> guys, are you in the car? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Yep. Got my seatbelt uh, on. Yep, definitely. Uh, John doesn't have a seatbelt on. That's kind of weird. I don't want to put it on. Libertarian Joe <laughs> Jorgensen uh, has informed John not to put a seatbelt on. So, uh, okay, we're just cruising up I-85, Alligator Alley, we like to call it. And uh, here we go. Okay, we're taking a um, left-hand turn as we're driving north. and we're On the highway? Uh, yeah, we took, we took the exit. We got off, and then we took the left after. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Sorry. Uh, I, I'm glad we uh, did that. Um, so let's see. We're we're doing that. We're driving. Does anybody need to pee? Does anybody need to pee? Uh, I'm good for now, but we better get. I could stretch my legs. Okay. All right. Well, John, I don't think we should. Okay. We should now extend we're going this out. <laughs> Georgia. Okay. Now we're in Georgia. Oh, look at all the peaches. Now we're in Alabama. Now we're in Mississippi. Okay. Now. Are we you looking at a map it. of the highway? I am. We finally <laughs> made it to Oklahoma. Now we're in Oklahoma. Let's sit down. We're we're finally in Oklahoma. Let's turn on the radio. What do we hear? Whoa. We hear Hanson. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember this band. band. This is Hanson? This doesn't sound like Hanson. Remember the boy band Hanson? Yeah, Mbop. I remember when I was a kid. They were they were really popular. But hey, what's happened to them since? Yeah, well, what's happened to them since? They're from Oklahoma, and uh, Hanson is up to some shit. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they have completely... Uh, all okay so let's preface this by saying hansen fans they're still out there there's lots of them okay there's hundreds of millions of them they're billions hansonians hansonians are upset there's there's shit going on in hansen land okay one of the three members of hansen uh don't know which one exactly because the, the drummer member, the drummer Oh, the drummer. That's right. Zach. They're all this. They're all the same. Remember that was kind of the uh, the gate the uh, the uh, uh, the joke. Um, Maybe that was your joke, but yeah, I didn't who, joke around. People who appreciated that band, they differentiated. Yeah. All right. So the drummer Zach has been outed as a kind of uh, right wing guy through a uh, a, a Pinterest board. So somebody found, I guess the fans, the, the, the rabid Hanson fans found Zach Hanson's Pinterest board, which was filled with uh, right wing propaganda. <laughs> and that is, I didn't know, realize that's what Pinterest could be used for. Either did I. And I was like, wait, what Pinterest? You know, I had to do like all sorts of finagling with my browser to stop showing me Pinterest results whenever I Googled something because yeah. like, all that comes up is like Pinterest boards and I, I can't stand it. But Zach from Hanson, Zach Hanson <laughs> on, on the other hand, <laughs> fucking loves Pinterest apparently. And yeah, I saw somebody refer to it as the way he was building up his like right wing propaganda meme arsenal, which I was like, that's wow. Pinterest. Pretty cool. Yeah. I thought it was for like mood boards. Right. Um, but let's bring up the timeline. Let's bring up the, the timeline of, of sure, how sure. everything developed here because he, because initially he started a bunch of social media accounts that were related to an airsoft team. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, so I'm not sure exactly what that is, but he, he has a whole, he has a whole lifestyle that, that sort of ended up feeding into uh, what became this Pinterest board. Yeah, so um, our um, you know extremely trusted source John Bedrin and co-host 
uh, has been just neck deep in um, the Reddit slash r slash post Hansen, which is uh, for former and ambivalent Hansen fans to discuss and support each other in the wake of Pinterest gate, <laughs> a.k.a. Hansen gate. Yeah, uh, this sub does not stand for the cancellation of the ban in any form. So please follow the rules. OK, um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's a huge post which I will upvote. Oh, wants me to log in. Never mind. Just like Pinterest. Uh, Hanson Gate timeline. <laughs> what happened? Um, so, yeah, there's all sorts of links to screenshots. So the lead up. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it, it completely ties in with um you know these the the recent happenings uh, in terms of uh, social protest around the United States of America, but uh, people were really uh, like kind of confused when there was silence from Hanson after the uh, the um, brutal murdering of uh, George Floyd in Minnesota, um, and then so after a few more days of silence, Hanson posts uh, announcing a live stream with an organization that provides mental health for musicians um at this point a divide is forming among the fan community between those calling the band in and those claiming that the band is being attacked um uh, it's so odd because i didn't realize because i guess hansen i always knew just as mbop and then they apparently have had like a dedicated like small but loyal following essentially be their patrons for mm -hmm. the last 20 yep. years mm -hmm. and uh like everything else it, that happens on the internet when people pay too much attention to something they find out a reason to hate it mm -hmm. yep and so exactly. they i guess because this has been happening all over the place on instagram i haven't been on instagram in forever but yeah they like didn't post the right things when people were sort of making everybody peer pressuring everybody into like voting the right or posting the right way yeah mm -hmm. uh they didn't they posted the black square like one of them posted the black square and like that was like good and then bad the next day and then there was like pressure to like you know say the right sort of political things that were expedient for the moment, mm -hmm. which is pretty easy if you're a musician, I guess, to sort of levy your brand band through like whatever like upheavals going on or whatever sort of crazy time. Mm -hmm. But apparently, one of the members was like extra resistant, and I guess that was probably Zach. Mm -hmm. Got to be. Uh, and so then, yeah, people found his his Pinterest that was full of like gun like right wing like gun rights memes like. Things like uh, you know, uh, if you if you're not into guns, you're you're a liberal, right? 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 Yeah. But then also, yeah, it it goes into like some heavier stuff than that. I mean, stuff that's like pretty homophobic and Islamophobic and just like really crass, crude memes that are whatever. I mean, not the hugest deal in the world. I mean, tons of people post memes like that on the internet every day. But I guess. The controversy is with uh, the Hanson fan base, which is probably, you know, has a different view of those types of cultural issues. Yeah. And it, it's, it's funny to think of, like, to take yourself back to Mbop and like the video, the music video, and just like the, those like the boys just rocking out to Mbop, you know, a cultural, wow, everybody's impressed. What are they, what are they uh, kind of, um, you know, they all they're all blonde is that real are they wearing wigs what's going on here yeah. you know everybody's like holy shit and then like uh it fast tracks itself to uh like islamophobia yeah, <laughs> yeah and, right like, and um <laughs> just like uh you know just not being uh that open to uh some uh, yeah so like what is going on so post hand there's like 
if you go to Zachary Hansen's thing, like he's just got these posts, like, yeah, he's, he's saying like racism's wrong. That's like, okay, cool. Good job. <laughs> and like, um, yeah, he's like, uh, but simply saying I denounce racism in a post will not save the life of the next young black man who comes upon it or the next victim of. So yeah, he goes on like, he, he's just saying that he's praying a lot. He's a big, big prayer guy. I take it. And, um, not good for Hanson, I will say. Um, I think no, people, I s- people just like from from Mbop and beyond. I mean, it seems like the fan base, you know, sees Hanson as a sort of um, as a positive project, right? You know, they see these, they want to see these guys as as being all all about just not wading into like the the cultural issues. I guess is that yeah is that more what they're looking for. It, 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 is it like a uh, shut up and dribble thing, as the right wing says when a basketball player, <laughs> yeah, when right. a basketball player says anything political, and then the right wing just swings in saying shut up and dribble, shut right. up and mbop, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, his his whole thing was like um, uh, commanding officer. That was like his his uh, 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 his pseudonym. Pseudonym. That's, yeah, that's that should be a giveaway name. right away. Yeah, he has a series of accounts that that are under the name Commanding Officer, and so then they find uh, under these accounts, yeah, kind of uh, sort of yeah, anti-liberal memes, conservative memes, like gun rights memes. Yeah, so we've got like uh, some some things like uh, Commanding Officer that that Zach Hansen put this photo from Pinterest. I can't believe again. I can't believe there's like crazy right wing shit on Pinterest and he's yeah. there. <laughs> uh yeah, like very, very crude memes. An eighteen year old is too young to buy a gun, but a five year old is old enough to decide its own gender. Like, all right. Right. It's like um, super, super like shallow interpretations of culture. And yeah. I, that was the thing when I first like saw some news article like pop up in my timeline. I was like, okay, I have just want to see what the memes are. And yeah. that's how I got onto like post Hansen. Which yeah. I immediately thought should be a new challenging performance art based subgenre of music like yeah. post rock or post right, whatever right. yeah know, exactly post hansen <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a it's it's an art form post and then i'm no, i'm realizing that like hansen like a lot of other things that people really invest a lot of time in that seem frivolous are like the things that they like under the lens they understand the world through mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cuz yeah, like, exactly. i'm seeing posts like how is this affecting you socially in your relationships and it's like people talking about how They've had friendships go completely dead over this because we're at an impasse. Wow. And it's just, it's really wild that all this energy is like tied up into the careers of like these three Jonathan Taylor Thomas looking kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. To me, yeah, it's, it's more just confused. I mean, I understand the disappointment that, you know, that Hanson fans have with sort of discovering this. It's kind of like realizing that, you know, your favorite artist is actually a real human being and not you know yes the persona that they present uh publicly when you find out mickey mouse is not a real mouse right exactly <laughs> yeah and then i'm also i'm personally disappointed by like the quality of the memes and by <laughs> the fact yeah. that this is occurring on pinterest it's more just like what what are you yeah. doing like what's happening here yeah like like as as john said like these kind of shallow cultural um you know commentaries it's just i i again like i don't know how a band who who wrote uh a song called mbop that really only said mbop in the song could have such shallow uh cultural uh references yeah it's true yeah yeah <laughs> yeah right, right. 
such a complex masterpiece really gave me a certain expectation yeah it's just like what do you expect i mean like what do you want i, I guess that's, it feeds into the whole stand culture idea that you know you yeah. have this band x number of years ago what 20 years ago plus they put out a hit record and you're continuing to follow them that's cool but then mm -hmm. you expect them to be something and they're not and so you freak out about it and i understand not sharing the politics but like why do you need to even share politics with zach hansen right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true yeah um yeah it, of well, all people in this world I know. I, I rarely look to Zach Hansen for guidance, but <laughs> but right now is n I'm realizing that I just shouldn't. If I ever want to, I probably shouldn't. But like, uh, yeah, I mean, John told me John's been keeping an eye, as I said, on this for uh, quite a while, and um, since second grade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, last night I I, I recalled that. Hanson has uh, so the band Radiohead. My probably my favorite Radiohead song was Optimistic, and once I tried listening to it, and I found that Hanson did a cover of it, and it was actually really good. <laughs> and um, <laughs> last night I decided to put it on the stereo, and uh, for Zoe, my girlfriend, and I asked Zoe, I was like, "Do you like this?" She's like, "Yeah." Like, who is it? And I was like, "Hanson," and uh, shocked. And, you know, and, it kind of makes sense because uh, uh, Isaac, Zach, Taylor, Hanson, whoever's the singer in that band, yep. uh, really has sort of like a, a, a sympathy for Tom York's inscrutable, just like uh, wordless yodeling and scatting. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Nice. But yeah, so Hanson, let's keep an eye on them. Definitely. Yeah. We got to keep an eye. And uh, it's a complicated band getting yeah, more us... complicated by the day. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised know. if this this issue continues to bubble up into the discourse. And yeah, you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if in 2024 Zach Hansen is running for president. <laughs> Kanye yeah. West, Zach Hansen, Donald Trump. I I do think, <laughs> and I do. I uh, will have to look at what the uh, Oklahoma ballot access issue is to see how just how difficult or easy it is for Zach Hansen to get on the ballot. All right, let's uh, slide into the hero of the week as we close this episode up. Uh, the hero of the week, John Fetterman. Dev, huh? can you tell us who John Fetterman is? Yeah, if you can just, uh, well, I'll pull it up here, actually. Oh, John, sorry. So John Fetterman, assistant, um, no, sorry, lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania since January 2019, uh, he just came onto our radars recently. Um, not sure how, but he's been popping up. People have been talking about him, and um, I think it's well deserved. Um, he is something like six foot ten, six foot nine, six foot ten. <laughs> Holy shit! So he's very, very large. He um, showed up on our radar because he's larger than uh, <laughs> the radar itself. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he pings on any yeah. sort of nearby radar. Yeah, there's a, there's a Doppler situation in his head. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, just in terms of framing this, it's sort of the he came on he came onto my radar, or he interests me because I think about who can be a progressive political leader in America, who can. 
who can be the next Bernie Sanders, but who actually, you know, succeeds. Um, and it's a big question. Who, who and, and so people, people are always on the lookout, you know, who's the next progressive savior? And I think people are sort of looking towards John Fetterman these days, uh, for better or worse. And, uh, but I think it's a really good idea. I remember after 2016, when Donald Trump won election, I was briefly interested in the idea of Dwayne the Rock Johnson running for president. <laughs> and I was really interested in that primarily because I felt that he was large enough to win. <laughs> yeah. You don't mean metaphorically. Yeah, but that he... he like physically frame, largest. His frame is big enough that he could, he could compete with Donald Trump um, on a physical level. And I think Americans just love like big, strong guys. Yep. Right. That, that look down physically on everybody. Yeah. Or guys who have been on WrestleMania. Yeah, or guys who have been on Yeah, exactly. But they want they want a tough guy. And John Fetterman is is he's large enough and he's tough enough yep. to be the next progressive leader and he has the right politics. Um and so that's why we're zooming in on on John Fetterman. Is he a sort of, uh, is he a Bernie type politician? Is he like a... So like... he's, he's, I'm, he's big on, yeah, he's basically a Bernie type politician. He, 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 he's, he's kind of like a Bernie, but he's kind of scans as a little bit more pragmatic, a little bit more kind of, he, he's a little bit more kind of ambiguous in terms of the culture wars. And that's why okay. I think he actually stands quite a good chance. Yeah. So, so right here I have uh, Fetterman's campaign focused on progressive values and building support through grassroots movement, drawing comparisons to Bernie Sanders. Fetterman, a self-described democratic socialist was the only statewide democratic candidate in Pennsylvania to endorse Sanders. Right. So there you go. And so, and so he, Without getting a look at him, everyone should look him up. But he's six yeah. foot nine, six foot ten. He he looks like he's uh, tattooed. He looks, he looks like, like a, a wrestler. Magnet. Yeah, and he's yeah, got, <laughs> he's got a goatee, and he's got tons of tattoos. And his wife is also extremely eccentric looking. Um, just the pair of them together are a yeah. really striking image. It's cool. He, so uh, if I may, just add this on his left arm. There are, this is one of his tattoos. On his left arm, there's numbers 15104. Uh, that's Braddock. I, I, I'm unsure what Braddock is. Is that where he lives, I guess? I, I, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, after he lives in Braddock. Okay, Pennsylvania. Uh, that's Braddock's zip code on, on, on the right. And the dates of five murders that occurred in the town since he was elected mayor. Oh, it's uh, on his right arm are the dates of nine homicides uh, that happened in his borough since he took office in Braddock in 2005. Wow. So basically, like... He's taking this personally. He's very serious. Yeah, yeah. He's the Bernie that, that I personally fantasized about. You know, somebody... <laughs> it's like Bernie, but, you know, never sell out. Like, take no right. prisoners. Totally. You know, like the kind of progressive politician that tattoos the dates <laughs> of homicides that occurred in his borough. Like... He right. Takes, he takes this personally. Wow. He, you know, he seems like he's very much a man of the people for the people. I never yeah. knew what lieutenant governor meant, but this is what I kind of always pictured. Somebody who's like very serious and large and tattooed. Yeah. yeah. And and also that's that's not a uh, uh that that's a high ranking official. He's in he's in the uh chain of command. Like if if something were to happen to the 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 uh uh governor of Pennsylvania, he would be 
he would be called up. I, I yeah. don't know what the chain of command is exactly, but lieutenant governor, I believe, is the second in command. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. So he's he's no he's no small deal uh, no. physically or in terms of his <laughs> career. But he yeah. but then also he checks enough boxes because he's got all that, you know, he's he's totally he looks like just like an every man and every American except he's 6 foot 9, 6 foot 10. <laughs> and he but he also has a master's degree in public policy from Harvard University. Yeah. So he's he's a populist, but he's he's a well-educated populist. He's no he's no outsider. He's That's super cool. interesting. Very cool. So we're yeah we're definitely going to be keeping our eye on uh, on Mister John Fetterman. Uh, I and just, his beautiful yeah, wife. beautiful wife Giselle Barreto Fetterman um, from Brazil. Uh, I I've just followed Fetterman on on uh, um, Instagram, and I'm excited to follow his. His career and his pat his ascendancy potentially to uh who knows yeah uh, but we should be all, our, th our third party man yeah we'll see how far his long strong legs take him yeah exactly but i've got and i'm workshopping the like a political slogan Fetterman is better man Ooh. so Devin, <laughs> Devin, that's good dude, that is great something to consider wow we're returning back to uh poets writing uh like civic copy that's yeah, good. I know exactly. Yeah, we need we need poets. Fetterman needs to recruit some poets for his next campaign. All right, guys, once again, thank you for uh, being here and chatting with me and keeping it uh, light and keeping it happy. Um, we are the Blue Men Group. My name is Ron XC. That's John Bedron and Devin Welsh. We're uh, three generally sad and um, anxious uh, men who like to come together and chat about things to make ourselves feel better. John, I hope you recover nicely from uh, <laughs> the flu uh or no COVID-19 COVID-19 <laughs> and um Devin you stay you stay sane and healthy too okay thank you I'll, I will thanks Ron all right bye this is the blue man this is the blue man group this is the blue man group This is the real man group.